scripture says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. That's why we give ourselves to him so that he can use us and, and show us and lead us and guide us into his will. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. We just praise your name right now. Thank you, oh God. So you 
I do I give myself away so you can use me hear my heart take my life as a living sacrifice all my dreams and all my plans Lord I place them in your hands I give myself away oh yes I give myself away so you can use me I give myself away oh yes I do I give myself away so you can I give myself I give myself away give myself away I give myself away so you can use me I give myself away hallelujah I give myself away so you can use me but life is not my own to you I belong hallelujah I give myself I give myself to you hallelujah I said my life is not my own to you I belong I give myself I give myself to you. Help us sing it, y'all. Come on, sing with us. I said, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. myself I give myself to you one more time one more time say my life is not my own to you I belong I give myself I give myself to you hallelujah thank you amen come on let's give God a hand clap of praise Father God, we just thank and praise you for this day. This is the day that you have made. We're rejoicing and be glad in it. And Lord, we do just that. What that song says, we give ourselves totally and completely over to you. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place tonight. Move up and down every aisle and in and out every row. Touch, heal, deliver, set free, make whole. If there's anything wrong in our lives, we thank you that tonight it's being made right by the might of your word. And we give you all the glory all the honor and all the praise for the victory in Jesus name if you agree with that say amen, amen. come on say amen. amen amen we'll give God another hand clap of praise welcome to world changes church Houston amen you may be seated welcome out on tonight I'm excited about this message on tonight welcome to those who are with us online as well 
It's nothing like making it on a cold night to Bible study, glory to God. <laughs> you guys ready for the holidays? Yes, eagerly anticipating your day off or days off from work, spending time with the kids. So we're excited about that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 89, verse 11. Psalms 89, verse 11. Uh, we'll read this out of the King James first, and then we'll look at it in the New Living Translation. Um, Psalms 89, 11, it says, The heavens are thine, this is talking about God, the earth also is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. So the heavens are whose? God's. The earth is also God's. And it says, not only that, but the fullness or everything within there, thereof. So it says it's all his, and God indeed is, I don't know about you, but he's my father. The New Living Translation says, the heavens are yours and the earth is yours. Everything in the world is yours. You created it all. So is it fair to say that the world is the Lord's? Is the world the Lord's? Okay, that's, that's, that's important for what we're going to talk about tonight. Go with me quickly to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21. We're going to look at this in the Message uh, Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21. And then I'll tell you what we'll be talking about tonight. Just want to put these couple of scriptures out there first. So 1 Corinthians three twenty-one in the Message. Uh, while they bring up the uh, message, I'll read it in the uh, King James, and then we'll switch over to the message here in a second. Uh, so 321, in the King James, it says, Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are whose? Yeah, all things are, are yours. All things are his. Whether Paul or Apollos or uh, Cephas or the world, somebody say the world, or life or death or things present or things to come, all things are the Lord's. And ye are Christ, and Christ is whose? God's. Uh, let's go back and read that uh, from the beginning uh, right here. It says, I don't, want, I, want, I don't want to hear any of you bragging about yourself or anyone else. Everything is already whose? Yours as a gift. Paul, Apollos, Peter, the world, life, keep going, death, the present, the future, all of it is yours. And ye, you are privileged to be in union with Christ who is in union with God. So I'm going to ask you again, who is that talking about? That's talking about us. So we're going to read that one more time. <laughs> go back to verse 19. Can y'all, would it let you go back to verse 19 for the message? Oh, yeah, let's start there, 18. Because at first you read that, you think it's talking about the Lord's. But it was saying in Psalms that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. But then we go over here to Corinthians and we see something different. It says, the master sees through the smoke screens of the know-it-alls. I don't want any of, 
to hear any of you bragging about yourself or anyone else. Everything is already. Somebody say already. Every, everything. Everything is already yours as a gift. Paul, Apollos, Peter, the world, life, death, the present, the future, all of it is whose? Is yours. And you are privileged. What does Christ do? Christ takes you by the hand and places you in a place of undeserved privilege. Grace privileges you. You are privileged to be in union with Christ, who is in union with God. So look at this connection of what's happening here. Psalms tells us that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but Christ is in union with God. So whatever's God's is Christ. But I'm privileged because of grace to be in union with Christ. So by being in union with Christ, I'm in union with God, and whatever's Christ is mine, therefore whatever God's is mine. And so if the world and the fullness thereof is God's, then the world and the fullness thereof is Minds. Tonight's message is called, This is Our House. The world is literally yours. It's not something you're working to get. It's not something you're trying to get. This world is your house. And I was watching a, a newscast on TV, and one of the guys was talking about a football team who uh, was not going to get beat in their house. And he looked at the other commentator and he said, what would you do if another man came into your house to rob you? He said, you would do anything it takes to stop that man from robbing you in your house. I'm here to tell you that the world is yours and the fullness thereof, and there's been somebody running around loose trying to rob you in your house. The devil has been trying to steal, kill, and destroy from the believer long enough. Tonight is the night that you need to kick him out of your house. This is your house. This is not the house of sinners. This is not the house of the devil. This is your house, and tonight I'm going to show you and prove to you not only that it is your house, but that you're in authority. And it's time for you to take back your authority. It's time for you to take back your power in your house. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Hey, I said if you understand that, say amen. amen. Let me just test this real quick. Whose house is this? Okay, well, you know, we'll see. <laughs> I said, whose house is this? There was a famous song by a well-known poet group called Run DMC <laughs> who had a song called Whose House Runs House and as you listen to the words in the song it's interesting because he talked about being a king and he talked about being a ruler and it wasn't just an everyday regular rap but you, I encourage you to go back and listen to that because <laughs> they talked about actual biblical principles about people understanding whose they were in their house. That if I am indeed, if this is indeed my house, then I'm the king of this house. If this is my house, then I'm the ruler of this house. 
And all else and everything else has to go by the word of the king. And, every, and all else and everything else has to bow down to the ruler. Now, by no way, shape, form, or fashion am I saying we are to dominate people, but this world was indeed given to us and the fullness thereof. Go with me real quick to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 in the New Living Translation. We'll take a look at this, Genesis 1, 28. So if I'm to tell you that this is your house, I need to obviously show you how it came about being yours. We've established that God indeed created the earth and it was recognized in Psalms that it is his and the fullness thereof, but he literally gave it to you and I. Um, let's go back to 27 real quick. Uh, we'll start right there. So God created who? Human beings. God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God created, or he, in the image of God, he created them. Male and, somebody say it out loud for me. Uh-huh. Male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. After he created them, he blessed them or empowered them to prosper and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Rain over the fish. Somebody say rain. Rain over the fish, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Verse 29. Then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for uh, your food. And I have given you every green plant as food, all the wild animals, the bird in the sky. So he said rain, and then he said, I've given you this, and I've given you that. Keep going. And the small animals that scurry on the ground, everything that has life, and then what does those last uh, five words says? And that is what happened. Let's look at this and go to the easy to read version and go back to 27. I really want you to see what's happening here. So God created this world, and then he created man, and then he told man, now you reign over all of this. I'm giving all of it to you. You reign over it. So God created humans in his own image. He created them to be like himself. He created them male and female. God blessed them and said to them, have many children, fill the earth, and take, what's that word? Take control. Take control of your kids? No, he says fill the earth and take control of it. Who controls the earth? Well, I thought the devil controlled the earth. Who was given control of the earth? You were given control of the earth from? So who's the only person who can take it back? Has he taken the earth back from you? So who's responsible for the earth? Who was given control of the earth? Whose house is this? Then he says, rule. We've been talking this whole time about becoming mature believers and right, how right ruling is the right way to live. Right ruling is getting back to your original intent. I need you to see tonight that when God created male and female, when God created men and women, 
ruling was a part and is a part of your DNA. You weren't created to just exist. You weren't created to just work. You weren't created just to have babies. You were created to rule. Multiplying, even giving birth to children, that's all a part of the ruling process. Fill the earth and take control of it. Rule over the fish uh, in the sea and the birds in the air. Keep going. Rule over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, we know he's not talking about people because he said people have the authority to do this. So he's not saying rule over all the people. He's saying over everything else, though. You rule over it. You govern it by the authority I'm giving you. Keep going. God said, I am giving you. So when he gave us this authority to rule and all the stuff with it, I need you to understand this was a gift. God didn't create man and say, now I need you to earn all of this, did he? Show me where the earning is at. He literally created and he just gave it. There was no earning that had to be done. He said, I'm creating it and now I'm giving it to you as a gift. Go to verse uh, 30. He said, and I'm giving you. There it is again. Keep going. And it says, and all these things, what does it say? Happened. So God, we've seen, created the earth. And we saw in Psalms where it says the earth is his. But then we saw in Corinthians where it says, through Christ, the earth is ours. But that was because we gave up our authority. But I'm showing you now, when Christ came on the scene, he was just returning us back to our original intent and purpose and build. God created us to rule this earth. And then Christ returned, or Christ came, I should say, to give us that authority back. The question you need to be asking yourself is, am I walking in my authority? Not just as somebody who loves God, but as a true believer in privileged union with Christ. Because if you are walking in your authority to dominate, if you are walking in your authority to, authority to rule, then poverty can have no power in your life. Sickness can have no power in your life. Defeat can have no power in the life of somebody who understands I am in my house and I walk in the authority of God. If you understand that, say amen. Whose house is this? Go with me to Romans chapter 4, 13. As you're turning there, just if you're taking notes, we have to understand that we have been gifted this world from God. We have to understand that. We have to understand that we've been gifted this world from God. And I declare tonight that the devil cannot have the world that he has given to you. I said I declare tonight that the devil cannot have, will not have, not another day, the world that was promised 
to you? Did you know that this world was promised to you? We see right here in the Old Testament where he, he built us, literally created us for it. But it was promised to you. Romans 4, um, yeah, we'll start at 13. We're going to kind of move around in this a little bit. It says, Abraham and his descendants received the promise that they would get what? The whole world. Now, let me just pause for a second because I don't know if I'm doing this whole world thing justice. What's in the world? Just start naming some stuff that's in the world other than people. What stuff is in the world? Houses, cars, jobs. What else? What else is in the world? Because that means that's yours. What else? Huh? Somebody said jewelry. Now you're getting closer to what I'm thinking about. Somebody said money. You're getting closer. See, jewelry, money, houses, cars, all those things take their value from something or some things. Gold, silver, platinum, commodities. Back then they were talking about cattle, land. He said, this is yours to govern on my behalf. And see, many people, they don't really understand the value of that because they're not used to even possessing that. One of the most understandable things for people who have wealth is that one of the number one ways to have wealth, especially in America, is through having and owning land. And there's a reason why believers lack a lot of the times in these types of things to have wealth is because we don't truly believe that it's ours. We're not looking for the land. We're not looking for the commodities or the, or the gold or the silver or things like that. We're just trying to get the bills paid. If I can just keep my lights on. The enemy has us so blinded to who we really are that we've been settling for the crumbs when God has given us the entire world that produces the bread. You are Lord or ruler or governor or king or queen of the source of all things. But it's not just for your personal gain. It's for the kingdom. I said it's for the kingdom. Abraham and his descendants received the promise. They received the promise that they would get the whole world. So they got a promise that they would receive the whole world. Uh, go to verse 16 real quick. We're going to go back and read some of the pieces of this, but I just want to kind of get to these parts. So people get what God promised. So here's Abraham and his descendants, which includes us, and I'll show you that in a minute. They first got the promise. So your question should be, well, how do I get what's actually in the promise? Because I can have a promise but not have the stuff that comes with the promise. I promise you $100. So you got, my, you got my word right now on the promise, but do you have the money? No, you just got the promise. So how do I get the stuff, though? It's telling you right here. So people get what God promised by having faith. He promised us the world. How do I get the world? We get it the same way Abraham did, by believing God. By having faith. 
says this happens so that the promise can be a free gift. If the promise is a free gift, keep going, then all, somebody say all, all of Abraham's people will get that promise. The promise is not just for those who live under the law of Moses. Now that's very important because some would tell you that you don't qualify for the promise. They would say because you live, because you, you're not Jewish, that's why, Archie, that's why all the Jewish people got the land because you just got to understand that, you know, that they're just part of, part of the promise. And he said, no, 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 no. If it was for people who lived under the law, if it was only for what people do, then it wouldn't be a gift. But because he made it a gift, that means it's free for all. Somebody say, the, the world is free for all who believe God. And that's the truth. So it's not just for a certain group of people. So you need to stop looking at success. You need to stop looking at prosperity as, if it's, as if it's just for a certain group of people. It's for you. I said it's for you. Oh, I know December gets a little tight for some of us, but, but prosperity is for you. It's not just for people who graduated from college. It's not just for people who got a certain last name. It's not just for people who are a certain color or from a certain class. It's for all. It says, then all of Abraham's people can get that promise. And as we just saw, they get it by faith. Keep going to verse 17. It is for all who live with faith. Now, you get the promise by faith, but then it says it's for all who live. This is an ongoing thing. Do you see that? I can't just say I got faith today, but then tomorrow I'm walking in doubt and unbelief and think I'm going to receive the actual thing that's promised. Has God promised all of us the world who believe? Absolutely. Is that promise yours because you're in union with Christ? Absolutely. So is this your house? Absolutely. But if I am not receiving the benefit of this house, it could be because I'm not living with faith as Abraham did. See, see, while it's important to locate the promises in what's true by God's word, it is just as important for us to practically look at is it actually happening in our lives? And if not, why not? And this for a lot of people is why not? Because you have to look at Abraham's life and examine it and see, well, what was he doing that I wasn't, that I wasn't doing? Maybe Abraham wasn't sinning. Did Abraham sin? Oh, he absolutely did. He lied about his wife, Sarah. Last I checked, they were laughing at God. He kept questioning God through the whole process up until he was 99 before he had his son. He tried to work things out on his own. I think Abraham sinned, so check, not sinning was not how he got the promise. He got the promise because he believed God through his mistakes, through his failures, through his issues, even though it looked like he wasn't always trusting God, he never lost bottom line honor and belief that, Lord, I know what you're saying is true. I believe you. I may slip up, I may mess up, but I believe you. And somehow, 
We're going to look at it even closer. I hope we get to it tonight. If not, we'll get to it on Sunday. But somehow, this man kept getting blessed over and over. And guys, I ain't talking about a little blessing. I'm talking about kings giving him cattle and gold and silver and all this type of stuff and people giving him land after he had just sinned. He kept receiving the blessing not because he was a perfect man. This was grace in action before the law even came into effect. And he was, he, he was literally living out receiving the promise of the world simply because he was trusting God. Here we've tied ourselves up in knots trying to earn the blessing that all this man did was just simply said, I trust you and I'm just going to try my best to continue to live a life of faith that trusts you. I may slip up here, Lord. I may slip up there. But what we've done in church is we've condemned people to a point of self-effort to living a life that never puts its trust in God. And then wonder why people are still poor. Wonder why people are still depressed. Wonder why folks are still on welfare. Wonder why people can't get a house. Wonder why these little things, or these big things keep happening in their lives. And it's a little thing to God. God's into giving gold and silver and, and, and land. And some people struggle just to get a house. I'm, I'm talking about brass tacks, real specific practical stuff, y'all. If God did it for Abraham, then he ain't trying to withhold it from you. This is his will, and this is why you and I were created. Because he wanted to get this stuff into our hands because we were going to honor him and we're going to honor him with it. It is for all who live with faith. Are you living with faith as Abraham did? He is the father of us all. That's important to remember. Let's keep going to verse 17. As the scriptures say, I have made you, this is uh, from the promises back in Genesis, it says, I have made you a father of many nations. This is true before who? Before God. Skip over to verse uh, 21. It says, Abraham felt doubt. Felt not so sure. Questioned? No, Abraham felt sure that God was able to do what he promised. Do you feel sure that God can do what he said he's going to do? Now, this was clearly before the promise was fulfilled. He had a promise, but then he had to check himself and say, do I, do I really believe? that he can do what he said. I, 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 I'm challenging you tonight to, to live with an assurance that God is well able to do whatever he told you, whatever he promised you, whatever he said to you, whatever he showed you way back then, whatever he showed you in your dreams, whatever vision he's given you, he is well able. All you got to do is trust him. 
Well, don't beat yourself up because you spent a year not trusting them or a day not trusting them or a week not trusting them or because you did this or you did that. Just continue to trust them. It's already yours. It's been promised. Whatever God shows you that he wants to give you is promised to you. It's not something that you got to earn. I know that's what we're used to thinking and say, uh, believing is that, you know, it, it's like you're in a, 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 a heavenly Walmart or something like that and you see something that you want and now I got to go do an exchange to get that. No, whatever God shows you is yours. It's just a matter of time before it manifests. God doesn't show you nothing that you got to go work for. He only shows you what he wants you to have. If he showed it to you, it's yours. Now you just got to trust that he's able to get it to you. And that requires trust. That requires faith. Verse uh, 22. So that, or that's why he was accepted as one who is right with God. Why was he accepted as one who is right with God? Go back real quick to 21, because I did a lot of talking in between there. Because <laughs> he felt sure. Why was he accepted? Because he was sure. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure that you're sure? Because some of y'all are like, I don't know. Sure what? Sure that God is able to do what he said. Is it that simple? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, a child just trusts what their parents say. The only reason why a child stops trusting their parent is because the parent stops coming through on what they said. When is the last time God didn't come through on what he said? I want to challenge you tonight. It wasn't that he didn't come through on what, you, what he said. It was that you didn't hear what he said. Because God ain't never lied. And God has never failed. So if something hadn't produced in my life, either it was something that I wanted that he didn't want, or it was I wasn't sure. Ooh, it was real quiet in here tonight. Amen. Are you sure? Abraham felt sure that God was able to do what he promised. Keep going. So that's why he was accepted as one who was or is right with God. These words, he was accepted, were written not only for Abraham. They were also written for who? What words was written for us? He was accepted. Now, if he was accepted, then that means we're accepted. By being sure, sure of what? God will ex also accept us because we believe. We believe not in just that God will do what he said, but we believe in the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from death. Abraham believed in God, and God is saying, do you believe? Are you sure? Because if you're not sure about God, then you won't be sure about Jesus. And if you're not sure about Jesus, who is grace, then all of a sudden that place of privilege is not really yours. This is why I'm challenging 
people who say they're Christians to make sure you're really a Christian. Real talk. Because in these last days, we who are pastors and preachers and teachers of the word got to make sure that we're teaching the actual word. Because I'm not going to get to heaven and not see you. I'm not going to get to heaven and not see you. Because I, I, I taught you how to try to get rich and this, that, and other, but didn't teach you how to make sure that you're actually a believer. Because believers believe God and then they believe in the one he sent. I believe God loves me. I believe God promised to rescue and save me. And therefore, I can believe in grace. Keep going. Jesus was handed over to die for our sins. And he was raised from what? Death. Why? To make us right with God. This was our qualification process, authenticating us again to be rulers of the world. Verse 26. No, that's the end of that one. Sorry. <laughs> so Jesus was handed over to die for our sins, and he was raised from death to make us right with God. So once we was made right again with God, then all of a sudden we can now walk back in our original reason why God created us. And why did God create us according to Genesis 1, 25 through 27, 28? To rule, to reign, to control, to dominate this world. Let me ask you tonight, are you really walking in the way God created you? Or are you acting like you stand in somebody else's house? You're not renting. You're not leasing. You're not couch surfing. This is your world. This is your house. If you agree with that, somebody say Amen. Let's go back and look at Romans chapter 4, verse 11, but let's switch over to the message version. We're going to read 11 through 12, and then we're going to hop to verse 16, or however it lets us uh, do this. I want you to see this in different language tonight so that it pierces um, your heart so that you can get understanding. Because many people will look at this and say, well, I see where you're saying that I'm promised this, but what I don't see is how it's really mine. It says, now think, was that declaration made before or after, this is talking about Abraham, after he was marked by the covenant right of circumcision? That's right, before he was marked. Now this is going to be important, I need you to stay with me on this, because I really want you to understand this point that's being made. That means he underwent circumcision as, somebody say evidence. Evidence and confirmation of what God had done long before to bring him into this acceptable, keep going, standing with himself. An act of God he had embraced with his whole life. And it means further that Abraham is father of who? All people. Now, who was this promise given to originally about the world being his? It was given to Abraham and all of his descendants. Now, it says here, he's the father of all people, but all people who embrace what God does for them 
while they're still on the outs or still sinners with God. So this is for who? All people, but all people who embrace what God has done. Do you believe what God has done? Skip to verse 16 real quick. And let me know if it won't let you do 16 and we'll, okay, there we go. Yeah, this is why the fulfillment of God's promise, now when it's talking about the fulfillment of his promise, it's talking about you getting the stuff that he promised. This is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends on what? Entirely entrusting God and his way. How do I get the promises of God again? Entirely, entirely trusting, not your works, not your self-effort, entirely, I get what God promises by entirely trusting God and his way. And then simply embracing him and what he does. How do you get the promises of God to be evident in your life? Entirely trusting God and his way and embracing him and what he does. So the question tonight also is, do you know God? Do you know, do you have a relationship with God? Do you know God? Do you have a relationship with him? And do you know his way? Because I can only embrace whom I know. I mean, surely you just don't be walking up hugging folks you don't know, do you? You, you don't fully let people into, into your life that you don't know, do you? So I got to know you to embrace you, to have a relationship with you. So to know your, and especially to know your ways, and especially to trust you, I have to have a relationship. And when I have a relationship with God, I can embrace him and I can trust him and his ways. And then I'll see the fulfillment of God's promise in my life. But all of this came originally from God creating me, but then also from a promise that he gave to Abraham. And Abraham, God promised, this is not just for you, but it's for all your descendants. And it's a gift. It's not something you're going to be able to earn. And again, we just talked about it a second ago because Abraham was screwing up left and right. So he should have messed up the deal. But the deal wasn't, you get this if you do everything perfect. The deal was, you get this if you trust me. You get this if you embrace me. Because some people will look at, well, remember what Abraham had to get circumcised for to, get, to get the promise. Well, that's back to the if-then thing. If he's circumcised, then he gets the promise. But what this scripture is saying is, no, 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 no. Circumcision came after the promise. Circumcision was an evidence. It was required later. God had this whole conversation a couple of times with Abraham before circumcision ever came on him. He didn't require circumcision when he gave him the original promises. That came up later on in the conversation to say, now you guys go ahead and get circumcised to show that you're people of the promise, but you already got the promise well before this. Real quickly, we're going we're gonna to stay on that point of Abraham. We're going to go back to that, but I need to show you something real quick. Go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Uh, go to the NLT on this, guys. Galatians 3, 16. We'll look at uh, up to verse 18, and then we'll skip to 29. 
Yep, not going to get through all of this tonight. Oh, amen. <laughs> Galatians 3.16. Are you, are you getting this, though? Galatians 3.16, it says, God gave the promises to who? God gave the promises to who? Abraham. And who? Notice, the scripture doesn't say his children as if meant many descendants. As if it meant many descendants. Verse 17, what is he talking about then? Rather, it says to his child, and that of course means Christ. Who am I in union with? Remember we read in 1 Corinthians? Go, go back real quick. 1 Corinthians... 321. And put your finger there. 1 Corinthians 321. So don't boast about following a particular human leader for everything belongs to you. Keep going. Everything belongs to you. Should I go to the Bible? <laughs> the physical one? All right, y'all tell me if it pops up. First Corinthians, what did I say, 321? Okay, I'm going to read this from the, uh, the NIV because my version doesn't have that. NLT. So 3.21 says, so then, no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, which is another word for Peter, or the world or life or death or the presence or the future, all are yours. And you are of, or the version we saw in the NLT says, you are in union you are joint heirs, we've read, with Christ. So whatever is Christ is whose? Whatever is Christ is whose? Is mine. And Christ is of God. So whatever is Christ is mine. So go back to Galatians 3, verse 16. Whatever is Christ is mine. And he's saying that the promise was given to Abraham and his child who is Christ. So because the promise is Abraham's and Christ, and I'm in union with Christ because I'm a joint heir, why? Because I believe in what grace did for me, whatever's his is mine. So if the blessings is Abraham's, which is Christ, then the blessing, which is the world, is also mine's. Not because I earn anything, not because I'm circumcised, because that wouldn't even what it took for Abraham or Abraham to have it, but it's mine's because of my belief. God gave the promises to Abraham and his child. And notice it doesn't say his children, as if many descendants. Keep going. Rather, it says his child, and that, of course, means Christ. You might as well say that, of course, means, and put your name in there. Whose house is this? Let's keep going to verse uh, 17. That, oh, sorry, this is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not 
be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. Do you see what he just said? He said this covenant, or this promise, sorry, was given under grace. This covenant was given simply because Abraham trusted and believed me. And just because the law came on the scene, it doesn't cancel out the promise. The law doesn't and didn't cancel out the promise. God's promises don't change just because he set the law on the scene. The promise was still in effect. So believers, sorry, so Gentiles still had, maybe you can call it not a covenant necessarily, but we had a promise. And he's saying that the promise was better than the law. Kick this poinsettia off the stage. It says just because 430 years passed, time doesn't stop it. Just because the law came, the law doesn't stop it. He said those things could not cancel the agreement God made with Abraham. Keep going. Because if so, God would be breaking this promise. So here comes the law saying, do good, get good, do bad, get bad. And if that was for everybody, then it would be breaking the promise he gave to Abraham. That's why we say the law cannot save you and doing it is not going to bless you. The world was already ours. The blessing was already apparently ours. But people being people wanted some rules and wanted to earn things and wanted to be able to puff their chests out and say, because I've done this, I can have this. And God said, okay, I'm going to show you that you can't do this. I'm going to show you just to trust me like Abraham did. I'm going to show you it's not about your behavior. Here's the law. You got a promise, but here's the law. Since, since that's what you want, here you go. Don't think God's not allowing things, not causing things, but not allowing things that you want in your life when you got a promise. He says, I got a, I got a promise way for this to work out, but since you want to earn it, since you want to figure it out, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you have that. And when you're ready, you got a promise over here. When you're ready to what? Believe me. When you're ready to trust me. When you're ready to embrace me. When you're ready to, to take me and who I am and my ways, which is simply love, that you don't have to do nothing, that it's all yours just because you're my children and I'm a good father. He says, you got the promise. Stop trying to go by the law. Stop trying to go by the rules. Stop trying to earn it. This is your house. Just receive it. Take the keys and go enjoy it. You got to look at how this whole thing started. He created us to be rulers. He created us to be kings and queens. And then he came after all of that and then said, even though y'all messed that up, I'm going to now give you a promise through Abraham that's going to be re-accessible to you through Christ. And just like Adam and then the woman known as Eve, all they had to do was receive it and walk in it, that's going to be the same requirement for Adam. Sorry, for Abram. 
And then that's going to be the same requirement for you. The only person that's going to do the work is Christ, is Jesus. Adam and Eve just had to believe him and trust him. Abram, who later became Abraham, just had to believe him and trust him. And the only person who had to do the work to earn it back was Jesus. And then all we have to do is believe him and trust him. The world is yours. The promise is yours. This is your house. I said the world is yours. The promise is yours. This is your house. Jesus earned it back. One man gave authority away, but the man took the authority back. This is your house. You got to make up your mind whether you believe this. Because the only thing that's stopping you from seeing the manifestation of the promise is, am I living a life of faith? Don't mistake that with works. Living a life of faith is living a life where I confidently believe and trust what God said and my response or my corresponding actions line up with that. I praise, I thank, I worship, I give. I do all that stuff in line with what he tells me to do. Not worried about earning anything because a person who knows that the promise is manifested and will manifest, sorry, is a person who is trusting in God's word. I know he's able to do it. How do you know he's able to do it? Because he said it. If he said it, if he showed it to me, if he said it, if he showed it to me, if he said it, if he showed it to me, then it's good as done. He showed us Houston receiving the gospel of grace. It's done. I don't care what, don't care what the stuff looks like. He showed me my family prosperous. It's done. He showed me my children and my children's children prosperous. It's done. He showed me and my wife walking in the anointing that he, he designed for us. It's done. He showed me prosperity in our lives and, and us building churches and building uh, youth ministries and things like that for Dr. Dollar and Pastor Taffy all around the world. It's done. Well, I don't know, you're getting a little older. I did shut up. It's done. It's done. I said, it's done. Well, how you know? Because this is my house. And so what I do is I operate the way I was created to. I'm made in his image and I'm made in his likeness. He didn't come down with his hands and do anything. And I think that was on purpose. I think he didn't want to get us caught up in works. I think he didn't want to show too much with his hands in that way and doing this and doing that. He just said it with his mouth. And when we talk with our mouth, you're literally creating with your mouth. This is how you get stuff done, by declaring what his word already said. You don't get stuff done this way. Uh, you you, 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 you got you to understand, you're accessing things in the spirit. 
Now don't get me to talk about praying in the Holy Ghost uh, because you're accessing things in the Spirit and, and, and when you begin to access them in the Spirit, that's how you then release what's in the Spirit to come into the natural. You can't do that with these physical hands. These physical hands cannot reach into the Spirit and pull stuff into the natural. You got to do it the way you were created to do it, which is with your mouth. That's why your confessions must line up with His Word. Your confessions must be evidence that I am living by faith. So I call healing. I call prosperity. I call the breakthrough. I call increase. I call growth. It must happen right now in the name of Jesus. Why? Because I got the authority. This is my house. I'm standing in a place of privilege. The same promise that was given to Abraham is all that I'm walking in. This is an agreement. And for this not to happen means that God is breaking his promise. And the last time I checked, he doesn't break his promises. So you got to make up your mind whether you're really a Christian tonight. You thought being a Christian was just about not going to hell. No, being a Christian is about ruling. Being a Christian is about dominating. Being a Christian is about controlling and leading. Being a Christian is about filling this earth. Being a Christian is about, we're going to talk about this on Sunday, I don't, want, I don't want to teach too much of it because it's time to go, my time is already up and I'm trying to stop talking, but, but, but you got to understand, being a Christian is about results. It's about his results on this earth. It's not about just trying to get by and then singing by about how he almost, uh, how, how, he, how he made me almost make it by and I, I barely made it by and I almost made it by and I'm still trying to make it by. And who, who wants to live like that? Who wants to follow that? Who wants to well, come up under that? Everybody else faking. They can sing songs and make movies and do all this about this lifestyle of dominating the world and oh, you see the whole world following behind that. You see the whole world giving into that. You see the whole world submitting to that. What if the sons and the daughters of God live like the kings and the queens we are? They try to make us ashamed for living out the prosperity that he gave us. They try to make us ashamed because we got a nice car that we got a jet. They try to make us ashamed because we got a lot of money in the bank. They try to make us ashamed. And so Christians actually begin to say that it's not like God to be prosperous. And I say that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in the world. How can you have the world and not be prosperous? How can you not be, be the king and the ruler and the dominator and the controller and not have several jets and have several hangers? Because you got to loan them out to different mission organizations and stuff like that. But we freak out because a guy got one. Oh, 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 let me say that the right way. We freak out because a preacher got one. The preacher who's going around the world to tell other people who they are. But the business executive who's taking millions of dollars from the people can have as many as he won't. The crooked person can steal as much as they want from the people and we'll applaud them for being good business people. The fool around and have a great 
Christian who's actually trusting God and following God and serving God and living the result of the promise. And we get scared. Why? Because they're going to talk about them. Give them something to talk about. I said, it's time to give them something to talk about. I said, world changers, it's time to give them. Don't nobody want to follow your sorry bank account. Don't nobody want to follow the lifestyle that we're portraying. Because they already got that. They're looking for results. It's time that we stop being scared of the results of the promise. The results of the promise is not heaven. Where did you see heaven at in what we just read? Heaven is a result of salvation. This is talking about stuff on earth. And it's time that we stop being scared to say that. This is your house. And it's time to shut the devil down and kick him out your house. Now understand, I'll say this and I'm going to shut up because I'm, I'm way over my time. He's already been defeated. Holy Spirit just told me, he said, now you said kick him out, but you realize he already defeated. Jesus said, I've overcome the world. The people are going to hate on you, but the devil's been defeated. He's already been kicked out. So if the devil's been defeated and has no more authority over you, and if you, in union with Christ, have been given this world, what is stopping us from living the way God intended? Nothing. I declare over your life right now in the name of Jesus wisdom from the Holy Ghost showing you next steps for his plan of domination from your life. I declare right now supernatural wisdom as you begin to believe God and embrace him and trust his plan for your life. I declare revelation right now. The witty inventions, the visions, the things that he's shown you. I declare courage and confidence right now to step out in what he's showing. And I declare protection and peace around you. As manifestation of the promise begins to show up in every area of your life. God, we believe you. Jesus, we thank you for what you did. Giving us access, the keys back to our house. God, we will honor your word. We will honor what you told us to do. 
to subdue this earth, to control it, to dominate it, to rule it. But we'll do it by your voice, by your standard, by your way, which is love. And we declare that we won't take this just for ourselves, but we will bring our brothers and our sisters along. First, those who are lost. And even those who know you will show them the way of embracing you and believing and knowing you through relationship with you. I thank you, Lord, that as it said in the word tonight, and this all happens in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise for that. I tell you what, man, you don't want to miss Sunday where we hopefully will finish this out. Because we're just going to dive deeper into seeing this truth. You hear truth like this, you can't just stop it. You know, oh, I, I think I got it. No, you got to get this in your heart. Y'all got to get this in your heart before we end this year. You got to get this in your heart before the end of this year. Because this is going to equip and prepare you for what's coming in 2020. God told me, he said, yes, yeah, it's, it's the year of clarity so that you can progress. You're going to be able to see now. You're going to be able to see where you're going. Get this. Get this. We've been leading all the way up to this. It's felt like a maze sometimes, <laughs> but knowing who we are and, and all of this, getting all the way up to it. I was like, why, why are you on this ruling thing? And then we ran into this. We ran into this and was like, oh, that's why, because it's all about, that's who we, you, when he made you, you were made to rule. Father, we just receive all of your word tonight, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Michael, come on out. We love you guys. We will see y'all on Sunday. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Awesome Amen. word. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but I, I can stay here some more. That's phenomenal, y'all. I tell you what, it's not a time, not a time to miss this word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's get ready to rule, amen, in our giving. Let's get ready to rule in our finances, amen. Let's, uh, let's take this moment to um, be obedient unto God and give whatever he has laid upon your heart to give, Amen. We give by text here on Wednesday, so on the screen you'll see uh, there's been a change in the text to give number, so if this is not the normal number in your phones, please take a moment to, to um, add the new text to give number. Those of you um, viewing by internet, this information is also on the television screen right now for you to be able to uh, give unto God. So let's take a moment and prepare our giving, amen? When you have your text complete, go ahead and hold up your phone, and that's just a sign of saying you are, you are all done giving and obeying what God has laid on your heart to give.
And it's awesome that this is it's a time even our giving that we are, it's a it's a time to believe and trust God. Amen. It's a time to trust God in our giving because we know that we can never outgive what He's already done for us. Amen. If we're rulers, we're not looking at and ruled by what He tells us to give. We give it. We give it because we know that as rulers, it always it would always be more in the overflow to give. Amen. God is good. You all prepared to give? Go ahead and raise up your phones if you've already uh, prepared your giving. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that what we have given unto you and what we're giving unto you tonight is, is an act of worship unto you. It's an act of love because we know that what we're giving, Father God, you're taking it to, to use it to multiply and to, and to produce this gospel of grace. So we thank you that we have the opportunity to honor you with our finances, to see this word uh, get out, to, to see this, this word of grace, this gospel of grace, go out and touch a, a, a nation in Jesus' name. We thank you that we have an opportunity to be a part of that and we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We have any first-time visitors tonight? Everybody here has been here before, amen? Amen. We need anything from God tonight? We, we definitely... Do never want to miss the opportunity to um, to invite individuals that, if you do not know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, here's an opportunity. If you've not joined this awesome ministry, you receive a taste of the word tonight. Amen. This is the word that we get Wednesday Bible study, Sunday service. We get the same word at our south location. And parallel. Amen. So if you have not joined this ministry, now is an opportunity. As well as you heard Pastor mention speaking in tongues, using your prayer language. If you have not had the opportunity to receive that gift, then now is the opportunity. So we ask you to stand to your feet. If any of those three uh, appeals apply to you, we ask you to come on down. Amen. Everyone good? Amen. Everyone good? Amen. Well, I definitely want to give you uh, two announcements tonight. First announcement is we are having service at our south location in Paralyn tomorrow night. Service begins at 7 p.m. Doors open at 6 p.m. Corporate prayer starts at 6.30 p.m. Amen. So if you know someone in Paralyn, if you haven't already, Spoken to them. Remember, if you know someone on the south side of town, please encourage them to come out and hear this awesome, awesome word. And then lastly, we, uh, we are having Parents Night Out this Friday. If you need a break and just need a night out, you want to finish some last-minute Christmas shopping, or you just need some rest. Amen? Bring your kids here to the church. Um, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., infants to fourth grade, they'll have movies, food, and crafts. But please RSVP by calling 281-463-0700, and this information is at the communication desk. So if you're not here tonight and you know, or if you are here tonight, you know someone that maybe um, took advantage of this last Friday, 
on the 13th or someone wants to take advantage of it again, uh, please remind them that we are having um, Parents Night Out this Friday, December 20th. Amen? Let's go ahead and, uh, and raise our hands to be dismissed. This was the awesome word. Pastor already blessed and declared. So, Father God, we thank you that, um, that we are favored of you. We thank you, Father God, that we walk in supernatural favor. We thank you that we walk in supernatural power and grace. So, Father, as we go this week, we thank you that every situation we find ourselves in is blessed because we believe and we trust in what you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all be blessed.